0: All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room, Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome. Uh, you're in the War Room. It is uh, Friday, twenty January, year of alert, 2023. Two years ago uh, today was the uh, installation of the regime. Right. As we talked about on the five o'clock hour, Uh, a lot going on where Joe Allen's got a a special report for us on Davos. Uh, We're going to get to that in a moment. But I got to start with this uh, absolute throwdown brouhaha regarding uh, regarding the RNC race for RNC chair. Uh, We're going to have we're going to start with Anthony Sabatini. Anthony, what happened today? There was, I guess, a meeting called an emergency meeting of the what the executive board of of the Florida GOP. I think it was down in Sarasota. Tell us what happened.
1: Well, Steve, last month we forced the state party into a no confidence vote on Ronald McDaniel. And even though a super majority of our party wants her gone, just like most Republicans, uh, we still assembled the party here. The party leadership tried to draw down our numbers. They actually put the vote on a Friday morning to try to uh, get less people to come. They did it very early in the morning. And so uh, we weren't able to reach a quorum, but we did have a large number of party members come. We had an informal vote, and that informal vote ended up at 69 to 2. So, Ronna McDaniel failed miserably with the people who did show up, and uh, that's very reflective of not only our state, but I think the whole country. And so, we sent a very loud signal to the nation. More importantly, we had about 300 people show up uh, protesting Ronnie McDaniel and demanding change at the RNC. So, we sent a loud signal to the whole country today that Florida has lost confidence in Ronna McDaniel, and it's time for fresh leadership.
0: What, uh, how close, talk to me about the rules changes, because they're making a big deal about it, that she actually won. You're saying from the people that showed up, the vote was 69 to 2. How how close were you getting to a quorum? How did they, how did they work the rules? How did they work the refs here so that you really couldn't have an official vote?
1: Well, they did a couple things to mess with the quorum. For one, you know, Florida is an odd state. We basically have a statute that puts dozens and dozens of people into the party for purposes of the quorum who never come to any meetings, much less a special meeting, but almost no meetings at all. So that jacked the number up. They they said that the quorum should have been 129. Really, 40% of the body is about 96. We ended up in the mid-70s. So we were 20 votes shy of what traditionally would be a quorum. Uh, but they let, let me tell you, Steve, they pulled every shenanigan they could to try to mess with the numbers. They were phone calling folks, telling them not to come. You know, it's it's interesting. There's only a few people in Florida that support Ronald McDaniel. But unfortunately, one of them is the chairman of the state of Florida, Joe Grutter. So one of the things he did was to try to draw down turnout, making it on a weekday, making phone calls uh, and doing different things. Thankfully, we once again, we still had. Upwards 70 people drive across the state. Florida is a big state. Some people drove seven, eight hours to make their voices heard, and almost nobody voted for Ronnie McDaniels. So still a win, but they they do a lot of shenanigans. Not every state, by the way, is that way. Some the quorum is only 20%, 30%, and so you could easily call a special meeting. It's just a little tougher here in Florida because of our statute.
0: What... Um... You know, in Florida, it's if you ask most people in the country, things are going swimmingly. Florida, they're attracting people. You're building the Republican Party every day. You just had a couple of blowout wins. Uh, you added some house seats. What, I mean, what's the beef? Why? And Gruters is a guy that's pretty dialed in. What's the beef with the grassroots on, on Ronald McDaniel that if you look to any success story, you, you could look to Florida. You guys don't give her credit or uh, there's got to be something because the grassroots are on the other side of this trade. They're adamantly opposed to her. They're a, they're adamantly opposed to her in a state that seems to be doing OK.
1: Well, listen, a lot of people are coming to Florida for the right reasons. A lot of people are very MAGA here. They want new leadership, new change. But the problem with our state chairman is the same with a lot of the Republicans that vote for Rana. They have a personal relationship with her. And it's hard to get them to break away from these personal ties and just be good delegates and reflect the will of the majority of their voters. As you know, Trafalgar poll shows Ron is at 6 percent approval rating, 20 percent undecided, 74 percent want her gone. But some of the people in the RNC just feel a friendship to her from years past. And so they can't break away. But uh, like I said, most Floridians want her gone. It's just a, a couple key people in leadership that have ties to her.
0: How are the uh, how's the vote going to come out for Florida? You've got three votes. You get the GOP chair. Have they moved that so Gruters gets the vote or is it going to be Z- is Ziegler? And I think Ziegler's pro uh, 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 pro change, pro Harmita, pro Mike Lindell. He's anti he's anti um, uh, McDaniel. So how's how, who's actually going to vote in this for, to represent Florida?
1: So like every state, we get three delegates. So our three are the state chairman, Joe Gruters, who's for RANA. Uh, Our state national committee man, Peter Feeman, is for Harmeet Dillon. Uh, The swing vote, really, for us is going to be a woman named Kathleen King. She's our national committee woman. She says she's going to vote for RANA, but she's not very dug in. She's not very strongly committed. In fact, she hasn't even publicly announced what her position is. And so our pressure really is on her. That's kind of the whole purpose of our whole meeting, and it's where our efforts are going to be for the next seven days. Over the next seven days, we're going to be getting every grassroots patriot in the state and across the nation to hit her up on her email and try to get her uh, to flip her vote. You know, she's up for election as national committee woman in two years. and the next 48 hours, we're going to announce the candidacy of one of the female members of the state party as an opponent to her, a primary opponent to her in 24 if she votes for Rana. So that's going to be our focus, putting pressure on her to make sure she goes to her meet, uh on, on Friday of next week in California.
0: Okay, how can people follow follow all this? Where do they go to get up to date with what's happening in Florida on this topic?
1: So I'm, I'm posting on this topic probably two three times a day on my Twitter, Truth, Facebook pages. That's at Anthony Sabatini. You can find me on any social media platform and I'm keeping people up to date. And today I'll post some information about how to get in touch with our National Committee woman, Kathleen King, and try to put some pressure on her.
0: Uh, Anthony Sabatini, thank you very much for giving us a live report. Appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. Thank From Florida, I want to go to Arizona. We have Kelly Ward. Uh, Kelly, uh, there was some conversation today on the on the morning show uh, with Rana. She was on specifically about Arizona. Uh, I, I know you saw that. Do you have any observations on that, ma'am?
2: Well, it's just, She's blaming me. She's blaming our candidates. She's blaming everybody except for who she sees in the mirror. And it is a shame that she says Kelly Ward is the reason that the rhinos wouldn't vote for the candidates. That is ridiculous. The rhinos are the reason that the rhinos didn't vote for the candidates. Um, We had rhinos running. They all lost. Republicans do not want rhinos. Maybe independents want rhinos. Maybe Democrats want rhinos. But we who believe in faith, family, and freedom, who believe in small government and low taxes and personal responsibility and following the United States Constitution and having religious freedom, we don't want the rhinos. And people associate the rhinos with RANA. I guess it's because it starts with R, Rona, Rhino, Rhino, Rona, I don't know. Somebody calls her Rona. They said Rona's not for Zona. Rona was not for Zona. She did not help Arizona. Between the 2018 election and the 2022 election, we had 40% less investment in our state when we still had these big races going on for the United States Senate, as well as for governor and all the way down the, the executive ballot. She uh, worked with the Republican Governors Association to have them redirect their funds to the Yuma County Republican Party. Doesn't that sound uh, uh, impressive? Yuma County got almost over $8 million um, because the consultants that used to be a part of the Republican Party of Arizona can't eat at our trough any longer because I require a request for proposal and uh, what we're going to get, what return on investment we're going to get. In Yuma, those guys are able to put a lot of that money in their pocket. About $4 million of the almost $8 million went into the pockets of consultants. And if you looked at what the Republican Governors Association produced for Carrie Lake, our candidate, and the person that I believe won the governor's race here in November, it was also crap. We are all tired of the crap. We want something different. We want changes that start at the RNC. We want the RNC to listen to the grassroots. Uh, Stop plugging their ears. Stop being good old boys. Stop having uh, backroom deals that give somebody some kind of political gain, personal or political. And let's set this party straight so that we can start winning elections.
0: Go to the ropes and uh, lost the uh, lost the uh, primary loss it pretty decisively after she put pressure on uh, Carrie Lake to concede early in the evening when she was up 10 points or Carrie Lake was down. Carrie Lake says, no, I think I'll stick. I'll stick. I think I'll stick with the grassroots. I think we got this. I think she won by four or five at the end. Um. What about yep. why, did Robeson, why did Robeson not come in and, and endorse? They talk about unity. They talk about wanting to work together. That was that was one of the keys of the Republican establishment going out of their way not to back Carrie Lake because of her border policies, because yep. of her uh, election integrity policies, about her wanting to empower uh, the grassroots and particularly the rural areas of Arizona. Ma'am.
2: Right. Uh, Why she didn't, I don't know. You'd have to ask, Karen. Um, But I will tell you that she went into hiding after the primary election, Karen uh, Taylor Robeson. She then came out of hiding to endorse a a, a ballot uh, procedure that allowed for tuition, in-state tuition for illegal aliens something that is opposed in, in drastic measure to the Republican Party platform. We do not believe in rewarding people who have come to our country illegally, whether it's the parents of people who brought pe- you know, their kids here for no, no fault of their own, but still they are be benefiting by breaking our laws. And that was the thing that Karen came out. To support was break Arizona's laws, give good taxpayer money to illegal aliens, make it harder for hard-working Arizonans and Americans to be able to get the college degree that they want, um, take more money out of our pocket. Did you once see Doug Ducey endorse Carrie Lake? Did you see him appear at any of her events? No. You saw him fighting for the rhino side, working, shaking hands with uh, you know, Joe Biden and, and Cindy McCain and Jeff Blake and uh, Stephen Richer and Bill Gates from Arizona, the little short guy um, with a with, uh, small man complex. Uh, these guys that wanna say that it's my fault or it's your fault, Steve, or it's the fault of the grassroots that people didn't win elections need to look in the mirror, get on board with what we are trying to accomplish as America First Patriots to save not only Arizona, but this entire great country that is under attack from Democrat policies that wanna make us not only socialist, but communist. And um, our, our Republicans are not fighting back. They are not standing up and the grassroots are holding them accountable, finally. And so I hate to see everything have to be broken apart to be able to build it back up. But I can tell you, we need new leadership at the Republican National Committee It starts with rana and it goes all the way down that ballot chairman co-chair secretary treasurer we need new people
0: people. uh kelly how do people follow you (laughs) ma'am
2: they can find me on all social media platforms at kelly ward az kelly with an i because i care about the people and i'm running for Secretary, so there is a chance that we might be able to have a grassroots voice on that executive committee and imagine if it was Harmeet or Mike and then a great co-chair a great treasurer uh, Casey Crosby from Kentucky and me as the Secretary, wow would that give the grassroots hope would that make a difference in Republican turnout, I think the answer is yes
0: Kelly Ward, thank you and thank you for being a fighter and changing your schedule up today to come on, appreciate it
2: Love it,
0: thanks, Steve. Bye bye. Okay, we're scheduled. We're going to try and get Kurt Schlechter and Caroline Rand, but I want to go. I want to take a in the middle here, talk about Dava. Some big developments today. Can we go ahead and play the open for Joe Allen?
3: So one issue I'm particularly concerned about is um, that AI may be as good as humans at a certain point and certain tasks, but you need humans with lots of experience. I would not advise just blindly turning it on and walking away. Um, these systems have too many flaws. They don't understand truth very well. Um, they can uh, hallucinate uh, facts that aren't really there. Are they gonna improve over time? They are going to improve dramatically over time. Certainly right now, it would be just downright dangerous to use them without having a human in the loop. But I think even going forward, we're going to uh, develop a new job, you touch on this, uh, the job of prompt engineering. How many have heard of the word prompt engineering? A few, a few people. You're all going to be hearing about it soon. Prompt engineering is the idea that when you work with uh, one of these large language models, you can write different kinds of queries. And it turns out that depending on how you write the query, you get dramatically different results. Even the inventors of these technologies are surprised at some of the things you can get them to do if you ask the questions the right way.
4: Eric, you made a point about radiologists, and it's classic example. Um, I don't want a computer telling me that my that my scan was difficult, but I also don't know that I need a doctor to do it.
3: And we were talking about this beforehand. Yeah. Like doctors are, AI is mm-hmm. really bad at um, telling you you have cancer. Many doctors are pretty bad. Oh, so I, I've had that experience. So, so we were talking, and I wonder if there isn't a job title, yeah. a new job called Empathist, and I'm going to trademark and, that. And in fairness,
4: Chat GPT apologized to me the other day. You know, and so, I mean, it's... it's Already not, better than the yes, doctor. Yes, I'm not saying that it's developing empathy. What do you get worried about?
3: Um, I, one of the things I think, I think we've all begun to be worried about is the ability of these uh, tools to generate information and disinformation at scale. As an economist, if you set the price of generating disinformation to zero, the quantity tends to go to a very large number. So we're all going to be flooded shortly with enormous amounts of incoming uh, tweets, posts, text messages, uh, press releases, et cetera, that are bot generated. And it's going to be a flood of sometimes very interesting information, sometimes completely made up false information, and we have to find a way to navigate that. We're already seeing some of that happening and, and I'm And I'm is it fair to that. say that the Chinese have I mean in our experience the Chinese have leadership in this area, is that is that your? Do you agree with that? Well, Chinese have some. Uh, they're very strong AI and lots of uh, lots of these things. Many of the fundamental breakthroughs were actually made in the United States and then perfected with very large data sets in, in China.
0: Okay, I want to bring in. I'm the prompt engineer. I want to bring in uh, Joe Allen. Joe, uh, this morning, pretty controversial. In fact, I want to play that clip a little bit. Tell me what we just saw there again at, at Davos. This. I hope the audience is fully gripped in the fact that AI is coming not just into your world, which it already is, but generative AI is coming in to your job in your workplace, Joe Allen.
5: Yeah, that was one of the maybe duller uh, panels. But what they're talking about is really, really important. They're talking about in white collar jobs, the role of AI and maybe more important, the role of human beings in those jobs. So uh, that man we just heard from, a Stanford professor Eric Brynjolfsson, he was describing this prompt engineering job, which is basically the human who will interface with the machine, right? So with a large language model, it, in the same way that Google generates answers or generates, uh, you know, in the case of, of say ChatGPT, it's generating a piece of writing, or in the case of Dolly two, it's generating an image. The prompt engineer basically is the person who is manipulating the computer to do what an, uh, what otherwise would be a human job. And I, I think that when they're talking about, you know, creating empathists and things like that, it's with this sort of foreknowledge or at least in their projections, this idea in the near future, many of the important human jobs where it's critical to have an expert, it's critical to have somebody who has many years or decades of experience, uh, they anticipate these jobs to be winnowed away, and so what you're left with is the person who can basically punch in queries to the machine, and the empathist who can hold someone's hand while the machine, you know, works on their body. I, I you know, I am very, very skeptical as to how far these technologies can go to actually replace machines. But what is really, really important. As you hear these people in Davos talking about it, as you hear Silicon Valley talking about it, as you hear people all over the world in positions of power talking about it, they plan to implement these technologies. They're talking about the risks and the mitigation, but ultimately their plan is to go forward anyway, and they'll figure out the problems later. That's what's most concerning to me is they are constructing a system which Nor bin Laden I think really put it well, their utopia is our dystopia they 're constructing a system of control in which human beings are more and more irrelevant, and even if they acknowledge that, they plan to do it anyway
0: here 's the thing this is not you 're not looking at advanced r and d in a weapons lab or th- these are things that are about to go into production stage this morning on the show. T- talk about uh, a minute about. They're discussing the the human with the chip, robot AI interface as the as the production floor in the future, the manufacturing floor plus the office, whether that's a uh, whether that's a law firm, uh, whether it's a, a medical uh, you know a medical office, uh, whether it's a news uh, desk. Uh, they they're already planning on this, and the venture capital, private equity, and hedge funds are lined up to invest in it. Joe Allen.
5: Yeah. And again, you know, that investment element is also really important. The people that are speaking at Davos are basically putting out a sales pitch and they're putting it out to the wealthiest people on earth. Some people are going to take it, some people aren't. But in the case of AI, especially in the case of generative AI, there is going to be massive investment in this, meaning that it's going to roll out and be deployed anyway. Uh, It's not; In many ways, it will be very, very useful. I think that that's maybe one of the biggest problems is that if you have instead of having a team of designers, or instead of having a team of copywriters, you just have a, a prompt engineer who's best able to manipulate the machine to generate content, then you a have saved money. And B, your output is going to far exceed other human-based teams in the sorts of quick, like fast-paced corporate markets that they're talking about using these in. On top of that, uh, you know, just to veer away from the, the kind of corporate sector, at the end there, they're talking about how these bots are going to generate disinformation at scale. We already have tons and tons of bots that have flooded social media. They call you all the time, trying to get you to give them their credit card, whatever it is. The, the difference between the bots that we have now versus those that would be based on these more advanced large language models, is that the large language models will be able to hold conversations in ways that are much more convincing. You might be able to trip them up, you might not, but as you heard uh, Mr. Uh, Brynjolfsson say, they are going to get better and better and better. And so what it means is you end up in this kind of Philip K. Dick illusory world where you're never really sure what you're looking at is real. People already, when, when they see content online, they ask, is that a deep fake? Or they, they, they run into a, a particularly obstinate human being online. they are like, is this a bot? Am I speaking to a bot? You really can't tell in many of these situations. And I think that's another major, major danger that we have is that people are going to become much more detached from reality the more absorbed they are in digital media. And every force in our culture, from education to the corporate sector to the the, the, the government and military, all of them are pushing us further and further into this sort of digital existence. And so, Steve, as much as I love to be an optimist, I do think that the coming wave is going to generate more and more neuroses, more and more social pathologies. And on just a strictly economic level, it's going to displace human value more and more, and they're going to find every possible justification to go forward with it.
0: We do know today that Alphabet, or the parent company of Google, announced 12,000 homo sapiens were laid off. At the same time, we also know the two founders of Google have been called back because of advances in AI that have gotten beyond uh, Google. At uh, at Davos, we're going to have two minutes on this, Joe. I'm going to pitch to you right now. Is that whether it was climate change, mental health, whatever aspect, chat, GPT our generative artificial intelligence was the thing was the uh, thing that drove davos this time your thoughts
5: absolutely and uh, you know it may not seem directly connected but the connection of the, the this, this sort of faith in artificial intelligence to organize society and this conviction that the climate is changing rapidly it's a human danger and we have to do something now Those two ideas are tightly coupled in practice. One of the many, there's a whole array of solutions that are AI-based, data-based solutions, meaning that you use advanced AI systems to scrape the data of the entire population to see who's producing the most carbon. And then you use AI systems to generate the most efficient ways of getting rid of that excess carbon. So basically what we're seeing, to put it in very brief terms, climate change is being used as a justification to further increase the rollout of digitization, to roll out a fully digital society where everything is tracked, every move is, is tallied, and you are under the control of that dis- digital system. That is the dream of theirs that is our dystopia.
0: Uh, Joe how do people uh, get to you all the social media and where you put the uh, where you put all your content up for War Room?
5: You can find me at joebotxyz on Gitter and Twitter JoeBot.X.Y.Z or warroom.org under the transhumanism tab
0: nor bin line the entire team uh we had uh savannah hernandez all of them from all the different news organizations uh in davos it was just incredible incredible coverage thank you very much sir thank you very much steve okay for first hour we were all over this rnc fight we started the show here with sabatini in florida and uh, kelly Ward in arizona we're gonna take a short commercial break we're gonna bring in kurt schlichter one of the top Columnist, uh, observers, and, uh, and actual participants, one of the combatants in this RNC fight, and also the one and only Caroline Wren. We're going to take a short commercial break. Kurt Schlichter and Caroline Wren on this quite nasty personal uh, fight for the chair of the RNC. Be back in a moment. Thanks to your support, Patriot Mobile has emerged as one of the leaders in the parallel economy, and they have big news. Patriot Mobile now offers services with all three major networks. This means if you're with the big three and like the service but hate their values, you can access them with Patriot Mobile. They also offer a performance guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch between the three major carriers for free. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, offers nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that fights to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. This new year, resolve to stop supporting companies that don't align with your values. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just go to PatriotMobile.com Bannon. That is PatriotMobile.com Bannon or call them at 878-PATRIOT. That's 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Bannon. That's patriotmobile.com slash Bannon or call 878-PATRIOT. Do it today. Take action. Use your agency. Starting the new year, how will you prepare yourself, friends, and family? In the news, you're seeing constant government overreach, attacks on our communication and energy grid, worldwide conflicts, natural disasters, and the never-ending assault on our security. privacy and relying on your cell phone in these scenarios simply won't cut it that's why over the last year i've been partnering with satellite phone store to help you stay prepared and ensure your vital communications stay private. they're one of america's largest satellite companies with thousands of happy well-prepared customers for a limited time satellite phone store has a special promotional offer when you go to sat123.com slash bannon that is SAT, sat one two three slash Bannon. Get a bivy stick or an MRSAT satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Remember, that's you get a bivy stick or a marsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Now, Satellite Phone Store's customer support team is located in the United States of America and can help you pick the best plan for you. Go to SAT.com. Right now, that's sat123.com slash Bannon. Sat123.com slash Bannon. And get your device today. Don't put it off. Life can change in an instant. That is sat123.com slash Bannon. Sat123.com slash Bannon. Get it today. Take action, action, action. In Joe Biden's America, criminals are exalted and the police are condemned. It's sad to say. iTarget will help you develop muscle memory, sharpen target reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger function, and more. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Go to iTargetPro.com right now and save 10% plus. Get free shipping with the offer code BANNON, B-A-N-N-O-N, all one word. This makes a great gift for Father's Day and is less expensive than a few hours at the range. That's the letter I targetpro.com That's I targetpro.com Offer
1: code Bannon, B A N N O N. War Room Battleground
2: with Stephen K. Bannon.
0: Okay, welcome uh, back. We have Kurt Schlichter, uh, one of the top columnists around, novelist. Uh, Army officer, Kurt, you've been deeply involved in this from the beginning. Got to ask you, we had Anthony Sabatini on to start to the, the 6 o'clock show from Florida. They called this emergency meeting of the, of the executive committee of Florida. The establishment played around with, you know, how to get a quorum. They failed to get a quorum, barely. But in the vote, it was 69 to 2 against Ronald McDaniel. I want to pull the camera back for a second because we, we seem to have something. We seem to have something. This is why I wanted you on. We seem to have something that the grassroots is on fire about, right? That it's got to be changed. And we had Kelly Ward on, you know, right afterwards about Arizona, what happened with the Kelly, uh, the Kerry Lake situation. You have major donors. Like uh, Dick Uline and, and Bernie Marcus, who are her two uh, men of uh, not just enormous wealth, but discernment, judgment, wisdom, love, love the Republican Party, and they've come out and say, "Hey, there's got to be change." W- what? But it still looks like it, there's a fight at this, and a big fight at these people that represent it in the RNC itself. What? Well, tell, the, walk the audience through in your uh, judgment. What is at stake here, and what are we seeing as we are now a week away from the vote?
6: Well, Steve, I think what we're seeing is uh, a real test by the base. The people who get out there, they knock on doors, they dial numbers, they write the small donor checks. Look, the world you and I live in, the world these people live in, doesn't allow people with a track record of failure to continue. Take you, for example. When you were in the finance markets, you wouldn't let someone who would failed five times in a row handle on account, they'd be making coffee. When you were a surface warfare officer, you wouldn't let the guy who ran his ship aground five times steer the ship. He'd be handing out volleyballs. That, that we're not asking for any special treatment. We're not asking for any standard that we don't meet ourselves. Get it done. It's not personal. I don't know, Rona. Maybe she's a nice person. Maybe she's a bad person. I don't care. Her job is to win. She hasn't won. She's had three chances. There's no indication that given a fourth term, she's suddenly going to do a 180 and start putting the fear of God into the Democrats. Now, here's a real test. The regime media is out there talking about how Rona's got this, which she most certainly does not. But why would the regime media be nice to a Republican? Do you think it's because she's a ruthless killer who leaves uh, uh, you know, quivering pinkos in her wake? No, it's because she loses and loses and loses, and they want us to keep on losing. The base is demanding change, Steve. The base wants change, and it needs to get change.
0: I want to talk about that. She she pitched unity today, but it's we've had unity in the Republican Party in the past. It's controlled opposition. I, the reason we're here on the invasion of the southern border, on the breakdown of cultural and societal norms, uh, the take of the you know the, the going after the family, what's happening in the schools, the the thirty trillion dollars in debt, the out of control spending, as you know, the weaponization of the FBI and DOJ against people. These things just didn't happen overnight. Yeah. And they happen with a lot of rest- establishment Republicans. What is your message then when she says, hey, I'm just trying to unite people? And, and the schlichters of the world and the Caroline Wrens and the bandits, these are all these disruptors that are, that are so MAGA and so Trump and so America first that they only have a slight a slice of the electorate, sir.
6: Well, first of all, let's, let's get the MAGA stuff out of the way. It's Donald Trump's people who are out there, uh, I, 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 I've been told, uh, lobbying for Rona making calls, and intervening. So I don't need that. I, I, I don't work for anybody except America and American conservatism. I'm out there because Rona keeps losing. I'm all for unity in the Republican Party, Steve. I want unity. We need to unify around someone that the base wants, and that's Harmeet uh, Dillon. And it's clearly Harmeet Dillon. It's not even close. You, you, you go out there, you run a poll like Trafalgar did, wanted Rona gone. I've run polls on Twitter between 3,500 and 6,000 voters. We're talking 2% support for Rona. Let's get unity. Rona, do the right thing. Withdraw. You get a handshake. You get a nice gold watch. You'll get our thanks. Again, nothing personal. You're just not good enough. So you need to go. And let's unify around Harmie Dillon, someone with a proven track record of failure, success as opposed to failure, who understands what we need to do to change this, how we need to improve our messaging, improve our organization, demonstrate transparency and financials, and be ready to participate in lawfare. I remember rolling into uh, Las Vegas a day after the election in 2020, and I got there, and there was one lawyer on the ground, one in one of the top six cities. Inexcusable. Inexcusable. We need accountability. We have failed five election cycles in a row, including runoffs. No more. Someone has to go. I, I, I That's I go- Rona. She's in command. It's on her.
0: I want to go back to that because uh, when you told that story the first time, the audience really responded. When you showed up, and this is in 2020. There was only one other lawyer there, and you were there for, for a week or so trying to sort that thing out and, and, and allow the true winner, Donald Trump, to come forward. Had anything been done – In, in t- t- <laughs> how do we end up in that jam? Had anything been done to make sure on election integrity, on mail-in ballots or anything, up until that time? And since uh, we had fantastic Laxalt uh, 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 Seagull – uh lost as attorney general we had uh, adam laxall lose had anything been done subsequently had the rnc been involved either in uh getting us prepared so it wouldn't happen in 2020 fighting to the tooth and nail after 2020 or doing anything to prep for 2022 we just lost two very winnable seats i mean the laxall should be in the senate and uh and Segal chata should be uh should be the attorney general sir
6: Absolutely. They are both great candidates. Uh, look, the fight is one or you know, the legal fight is won or lost months before the first ballot is cast. You have to be on the ground preparing the battle space legally. You have to think through your strategy and you have to be right. Democrats have Perkins Coie and they got Mark Elias' group and they have a, a an actual unit there and w- where you have everything, logistics, all that. We show up. And there's one guy, and he's a great lawyer, and he's got and he did a great job, but he's one guy. Okay? No logistics, no law firm. Where are the paralegals? Who's got my copy paper? Instead, I'm running around doing that stuff. Okay. Carolyn Wren, who you'll be talking to in a minute, is trying to organize. We're trying to organize and execute at once, which you know, as a military guy, just a recipe for failure. OK, and we still had problems in 2022. I didn't participate as a lawyer this time. But I, I didn't see any great game plan. I don't know when, what's the plan for 2024. What's the plan? Let me see the off order. I want to know how Rona plans to execute. But she doesn't because she's too busy trying to preserve her job when she should be saying, hey, I tried. Harmeet, you got my total support. Let's move forward together. And she can go keep contributing. Uh, in, a, in a more appropriate fashion.
0: Kurt, how do people get to your books, uh, your writings and your social media, sir?
6: Well, look, you can uh, find me writing uh, as a senior columnist at town hall every Monday, Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kurt Schlicker, which I suggest you do because I'm frankly amazing. Again, no trial lawyer should ever be modest. If you find one who don't believe him. You can get my books, including the new novel, Inferno. Just go on Amazon. Great conservative stuff. Our mutual friend, Andrew Breitbart, inspired it. He said, we got to make our culture. I said, gosh, maybe I'll write something I want to read. And I did. The Kelly Turnbull People's Republic series. Inferno's number seven. I'm writing number eight.
0: Thank you very much. Honored to have you on here, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Kurt Schlichter. Let's go to Caroline Rent. So, Caroline, here, here's the question. Kurt brought it up, and the regime media, MSNBC and CNN is telling us every day this thing's over. Uh, Rana's got uh, a couple of hundred, uh, you know, she's got 120 votes. Uh, Harmeet's a nice person, uh, but uh, somebody played the religious card on her. Mike Lindell's nice, but he's not really a member of the RNC. So this is all a total waste of time. What's your response, ma'am?
4: Well, I mean, thats it's just not true, but, you know, the legacy media always lies to us, so that's not really surprising, but, you know, I was watching her today. Like, do you remember that scene in 127 Hours when James Franco amputates his own arm? That was easier to watch than Ron and McDaniel answer your questions today on War Room. It... It was just, I mean, you you were asking, like, some of them were pretty easy. Like, they were softballs. And you could not get a straight answer from her. And this is the problem that we're all having with it right now. Like, they're, they've they got her in lockdown mode. I do appreciate she at least attempted to come on and, and do an interview and answer some questions. But they're just hiding behind the, the consultants, people involved who are just telling reporters, oh, we have 107 votes, this thing's over, everybody go away. Like, how dare you even question this? And the reality is, like, of course people were going to question it. There's been five failed election cycles in a row and the idea that anyone would just coronate Ronna McDaniel back into office is absurd we should be having these leadership debates in our party it's healthy for our party it's absolutely necessary and on top of all that Harmit is going to win and so i don't you know i don't really know where they get off saying this type of stuff but that was a uh, said that was a very painful interview to have to watch as an audience member
0: let me you know it's obvious um, and let's talk about Florida for a second, because I think florida's an example. Florida. It, 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 let me go in a, a different direction first. It's obvious from us uh, at the War Room as we watch, you know, the grassroots. We, we pride ourselves in being the platform for the grassroots and the Trump movement and nationalism. There's overwhelming. I mean, every time we put up a poll in right you know, we put up a poll. If we do it on Getter, if we put up polls otherwise we've seen Trafalgar. I mean, it's overwhelming. Uh, and usually the split is is uh you know often as we put it up it's it's 65% uh, mike 35% Harmeet, uh 1% rana other polls it's 70% Harmeet, you know uh 29% mike and 1% rana it, but the the it's always rana at like 1% I see in in donors who are real donors because a lot of people pop up in, in the in the as you know in these news stories all the time. They say they're donors. You never see where these guys write a check, right? But you have two heavyweights like Dick Uline and, uh, and and Bernie Marcus, and these are not people that come in and intrude in RNC chairman fights. I mean, they're they're at ten levels above that. For them to write letters, and I tell people, for a guy like Dick Uline and a and a and a, and a, and a gentleman like. Uh, like uh, Bernie Marcus to write a letter and say specifically, hey, you know, uh, you've done a good job, but it's time to move on and we support Harmie Dillon and we need to do it now, we can't, we're at a crossroads and inflection point. That's like a papal bull. So you have the biggest, most important donors who, who are never asking anything for themselves, but always trying to push forward uh, the country and the movement and you have this just massive, overwhelming, um, you know, outpouring of the grassroots. And I think Kurt did a good job of summarizing it, why does it appear you may be having problems with the, are the 168 so hermetically sealed that uh, that they're, they're impervious to outside pressure, ma'am?
4: Well, I think that what had happened is Rana told people two years ago that she was not going to run for re-election again. So the what's to say they they weren't expecting her to. People thought that she was she seemed ready to move on anyway as well. And then it was kind of shocking then when November when she announced she was running for re-election, and nobody I guess in the the two weeks stepped up and said I'm running against you. And so during that time they announced 107 168 members that. Endorser, a lot of them we've talked to didn't even know they were on the letter said oh, okay i mean I, I did say that because you know there was nobody else running and so since then we you know everyone's been chipping away from that number and you have to basically work backwards and so i you know i, I can't explain to you like why people want to stick with the status quo here every every one of these 168 members are, are individual people and have their own reasoning but i will tell you there was a ton of them that are saying to us look exactly what i said i, I put my name down on her letter like frankly i didn't think anyone i, I didn't even think she was going to run i didn't think someone was going to challenge her but now i've i've heard from you and i think that you have some really interesting ideas and i look forward to talking more in data point point and and i'm going to make my decision there on the floor as to who i'm going to vote for that's why i am said this thing is extremely competitive it should frankly it shouldn't be competitive <laughs> like it's, it's it's quite overwhelming outside of the 168 that everyone wants change but within it i think that it's just some people who are, who are kind of you know just they're, they're either scared because they gave their word to her or they just have they're not used to bucking systems or they've when we when we do say things like oh she's traded things i think i think Rana brought this up today how how dare Harmit or her deputies go out there and say that uh, we're that I'm giving out you know different things. We're not saying that Rana's going and handing them some sack of cash and bribing them. But what is happening is people say, oh well, Rana made me chair of the convention last time, or Rana put me on rules committee or budget committee. That's fine. That is what the chair has the ability to do. That right? Like so, it's not. But. That is why a lot of them are saying, like, I don't know, she was good to me because I got this position from her, and like Harmeet or Mike are not able to do that. Like, we're not in the position, so we are just relying on the grassroots to prop us up and are demanding up in these states to say we want a change in leadership. That's great that you got some position from Rana, but that things are not going well. The you know the house is 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 burning down around us, and like we've got to have a change, and we're demanding it.
0: I asked her about a pyrrhic victory that if that if she was able to pull this out next so we'll talk about the battle plan in in a moment but she was able to pull it out you've got all of Fox primetime you have Charlie Kirk in fact I've never seen unity in the people I know uh, except for this topic I mean you have the, the you have primetime of Fox news you have Ben Shapiro Mark Levin Charlie Kirk um you have the entire war room posse you've got then you've got major donors if she was to win it's not like it's going to go away correct this is people are kind of determined that there must be change am i correct in that
4: because i going anywhere I like, a few people reached out to me other consultants people in certain camps saying carolyn you need to back down a little bit you know Rona's going to win this thing and she's got to be able you know so we just you need to stand down or else it's going to co- start to cause problems for you or her everyone has different excuses and my point is I'm not backing down. This isn't some personal vendetta that I have against Ron McDaniel. I'm trying to, protect everyone in the party. The base is not going to accept her. I mean, she talked today about how she's gonna go around and open community centers or, or go on some sort of grassroots tour. Like I I mean, seventy one people showed up in Sarasota, Florida on the middle of on a work day randomly just to protest vote from the executive, Ronna McDaniel. Like they're they're not just all of a sudden in four months gonna be like, okay, great, let's open an Asian American community center together, Ronna. Let's forgive and forget. The the base has been upset with Rana since twenty twenty, since they felt that you know, she said this on your show today, that the RNC could not do election integrity in 2020 because of a, you know, some consent decree. Well, then I think a lot of the base and donors want to know why they received a hundred text messages and emails a day saying triple X match, stand with Trump, defend election integrity. If they weren't even, I guess, able to do election integrity, like where did that money go? And that was the tipping point for Rana. They were willing, they did not hang 2018 on her. And after 2020 though, people did and and it wasn't even all just about her there people are frustrated and angry and then nothing was fixed even though we were all screaming it at her, like at everyone, saying, "Guys, especially, I mean, look at Arizona. If you do not fix the problems in our elections, then we will never be able to win again." And then we get to 2022, and you have Ron out there saying, "Oh, we won the popular vote. Like, what? What popular vote? What does that even mean? Like, we don't have a majority in the Senate, and we we don't. We lost so many of these governors' races that we should have won, and we have a razor-thin majority in the House. And people are just done with the spin. They're done with it."
0: What's the battle plan? Uh, uh, one week from today, you'll either have a new RNC chair or they'll be in multiple ballots right now. Walk us through what we can anticipate and how this uh, audience can find out more.
4: Well, it is, I, I mean, we are in a, a battle for our country anyway. I mean, our liberty and, and sovereignty and our most fundamental rights are, they're being sis, like systematically dismantled by an unholy alliance of these corrupt DC politicians the biased media, and then a compromised justice system that is punishing anyone in the conservative movement. And we have to recognize we are at war with the left and this and this this system. And the bottom line is that Ronna McDaniel is not a general. You, it, that is very apparent to anyone who will watch. Harmeet and Mike Lindell are both generals in this war. They could lead us to victory. And so we are going to go into next week like it's a battle, like the way that we should be treating the left right now, and our elections. We need to stop just saying, we'll get it the next time. Oh, don't worry about it. No, 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 we will leave every single thing on the field and convince people that, that, that I mean, for me, Harmie Dillon is the right person to lead this party. Here are the reasons why. Let's start with some basic things, such as she's a brilliant attorney that won three cases in front of the Supreme Court last year alone. This is a woman who wins. She does not do anything unless she's going to win. And so I would say that she would not be leaving her law practice and putting her life on the line and going to Dana Point and to tell everyone to vote for me unless she knew she was going to win. So we feel extremely confident and we get there on Tuesday. We're meeting with everyone Wednesday and Thursday and the vote is Friday morning. That is a lot of time to sit across from people and have Ronna be doing the same. And Ronna doesn't have anything to campaign on. She, she, so what is it that she's going to tell these members? Were her success points outside of i opened a few community centers harmeet dylan is able to say here are the accomplishments that i've had in my life here are the ideas i have everyone should actually go today to read on harmeet's uh, twitter account you can go to mine she wrote the most beautiful op-ed on how we need to deal with election integrity and it's 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 pretty long save some time but it is a very detailed plan of here is the problems and here's what i'm going to do with people we want plans we want actual plans of action harmeet is willing to deliver those plans and a lot of those she's going to be unveiling next week in dana point at this meeting
0: and she's going to real quickly she's going to be at this debate that john fredericks and real america voice is going to put on uh, mike mike lindell will be there is is harmeet going to participate
4: this, I, I talked to John today, and I'll be upfront with you. It, i, I never Rana McDaniel needs to show up to this debate. There should be a public debate with people in person. Now, if I, I do worry, if I, if we take Hermite and Ronna, or sorry, Hermite and Mike Wendell away for an hour and a half in the middle of this meeting to go and do a debate without Ronna, I cannot tell. What do you think? What, what, what will Ronna and her team do? How do we know they won't call a snap election or something? I mean, that is a lot of time. It's 90 <laughs> okay. minutes away. Ronna needs to show up. To this thing. It should be all three of them. And John and everyone needs to continue to push and say, yeah. no, we will make ourselves available, Ronna. We will do. We will do whatever." She so said today it's a time constraint. Well, you know what? We will. We will. We will let's do it Monday. Let's do it Tuesday. Let's do it at 10 p.m. 9 a.m. You okay. name the time and place.
0: We'll, we'll be back. We will be back here tomorrow morning, live at 10 a.m. Folks, let me tell you about Soulte. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants War Room Health, all one word, WarRoomHealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash war room to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency.